Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be kicking off our World Showcase series. Yeah, this is insane amounts of fun. I'm like really pumped that we're 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 getting into it, you know? Also, I said kicking off and this is like our third episode. No, it's our first. It's our. It, yeah. OK, so we are actually recording like um, we're like inside baseball. We're recording these a little haphazardly. So two weeks ago, la- well, like last week when we're recording, we did the intro and we're doing them all out of order for recording, but they're going to be released like uh, counterclockwise. So that's kind of the right counterclockwise. Yeah. Yes. OK, cool. Um, so yeah, it'll be cool. We're doing, um, we're starting in, uh, we're starting today in the UK. I'm all, I'm all jumbled up and mixed up, but it's totally good. Cause we're recording this out of order. That's okay. It's all, it's, it's fun. Um, okay. So we are super happy to have on the show with us today, our, our good friend and annual pass holder and DVC member, Christina Dayton. Christina, thank you so much for jumping on the Parks Academy with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay, Paige, you're you're like basically running this this whole thing. So why don't you go ahead and and take us away? Yeah. So during this series, we have a few questions to ask our guests, and so I wanted to open up Christina with two things. One, do you remember your first trip to World Showcase? And two, do you have any specific UK pavilion memories? I really wish that I could remember my first trip, but the first time I went, I was two weeks old. So, yeah, makes sense. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I slept the whole time. And then I went again as like a five year old. So, I don't, my memories are very foggy and out of order. And so, I don't quite remember which trip is what anymore. That totally Uh, makes sense. Yeah. But, Um, my favorite memory of the UK Pavilion, um, I don't know if it's like a memory or just like what I love the most about the UK Pavilion, but I have been to, um, England and London a few times. And what I love about the Pavilion in general is that one of the first things you see as you come from Canada is kind of like a little replica, um, uh, Hampton Court. And that's an era that I love of English history is like the Tudor era. So when I saw that and like I've actually been to Hampton Court, I'm like, this is amazing. And it just takes me back. That's awesome. I love that. When did you go to England? Um, I went, let's see, in 2014. And then my husband and I went um, as a baby man back in 2019. Okay, so more recently for both of those trips. That's awesome. That's great. And you've been to World Showcase several times. Um, Yeah, I don't even know how many now. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sure that it all runs together. And um, but I think that's great. That's awesome. Um. So I'm gonna jump into the history of the UK Pavilion a little bit. Um, it was an opening day pavilion, as most of the. World Showcase Pavilions were. So it opened on October 1st, 1982. The United Kingdom Pavilion 
represents the four countries of the UK, which most people just think of England. But that's it's what actually... I've literally have always thought was that it was just England, right. you know? Well, most people see the Union Jack flag and they think it's the British flag. It happens all the time. But there's actually four countries represented in the United Kingdom, and that's England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. This pavilion, as you know, we're going in order, is located between Canada and France. Um, the UK pavilion was previously sponsored by Bass Export Limited, which is a beer. Um, Pringle of Scotland, which is a fashion brand specializing in cashmere knitwear. And Royal Dalton, an English ceramic and home accessories manufacturer. So we'll talk a little bit about Bass Brewery because this one is from as far as I could find. They're currently still the sponsor of the food in the UK Pavilion. Um, The only issue with this is this company was founded in 1777 in England. And their Bass Pale Ale was their most popular brand. In 1877, it was actually the largest brewery in the world. And their iconic red triangle logo was the very first trademark in the United Kingdom. Now, it seems as though Bass has been bought out by Bush Beer, basically. And so they don't produce it in the United States anymore. Mm -hmm. It, did you look something up about it? Yeah, I just, just I recognize the logo and I think I may have seen it on like the last season of White Lotus or something. Uh, oh, but I have a strict recollection of someone drinking bass and having it like kind of be like, you said Bush bought them out? Yeah. Bush yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like peat, peat water beer. Well, they also were being produced by Coors mm. in the United States. Weird. Um, there's a whole lot of history about this beer company. Because they've kind of folded in the U.S., I don't know that this is still the sponsor sure. of the UK Pavilion. Sure. But I do know that they do not serve the beer anymore. Mm. So I don't know if you or Christina, have either of you ever had this beer in the UK Pavilion that you remember? Ooh, I know that I haven't. Like, for certain, I have not. Because apparently it was a big deal for people to have this pale ale. I don't know. I'm not a beer person. Uh, I am not a beer person either, so I can ask yes. that. If it was a wine sponsor, count me in. Or rum, also count me in. <laughs> um, it looks like... Um, so when I went last and I, I partook in a, in, a, in a brewski over at the UK, I had a Guinness. Okay. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I had. And I had it with our fish and chips, but I'll both get to food, I would, I would imagine. We'll get there. Yes, we will. But I, I've never had a pass, and I think that I would probably steer clear of it. Okay. I have no Most idea what likely. it was like. It was just popular. That's all I know. And they were a big sponsor. So the other major sponsor, um, and I never know if I'm saying this correctly, but I drink this tea every single morning, is Twinings. Christina, do you know if that's right? I don't know. I say Twinings. So You say Twinings. Okay. We'll call it Twinnings because Christine. Yeah, I really don't know either, actually. I've never thought about it. I drink their English breakfast mm-hmm. tea literally every morning and have always called oh, it Twinnings. My, my, my Lady Grey tea. Oh, also. yes. There you go. I drink Earl Grey and English breakfast, usually English breakfast in the morning, or Earl Grey in the evening. And you always put English breakfast is delicious. 
was you always do your milk in first like a proper english lady correct i put my milk in (laughs) then the tea and the sugar my great grandma was actually from england so then i learned that from my mom um so twinnings and company is another major sponsor including the tea caddy shop and then they often has displays at several epcot festivals So my personal favorite is when they do the tea garden during the Flower and Garden Festival. And they have all Mm -hmm. those adorable little like tea cups and saucers with the tea bags sticking out of them. Um, I think that's just a fun little thing. Have you ever seen any other festivals at Epcot where this has been incorporated, Christina? Um, Not necessarily, but I do. I have seen where they have like a little tasting thing out back. like. Not in the okay. front, you normally, but as like you go around in the garden, they have like a little stand one set up and they have a couple of different like iced versions of teas that you could pour and, oh, and taste. That's awesome. Yeah, I I could drink tea all day long. I, I would love a little tea tasting. That's awesome. Um, the last thing here about the history is that when it first opened in 1982, it featured one restaurant, which is the Rosen Crown. And six shops. So on opening day, they had the tea caddy, the queen's table, the biscuit barrel, his lordship, Pringle of Scotland, and the toy soldier. So some of those may sound familiar um, if you've been recently or over the years. But I do want to talk about some of the changes that have happened in this pavilion. Because not all of those shops have been here the whole time. And we don't have all of those shops still. So in 1986, the Biscuit Barrel became Country Manor, which then became the Magic of Wales in the late 80s. That's my favorite Guided by Voices album. <laughs> you know? I looked at about 30 different search, uh, like different searches that I did, and I cannot find what happened to the Magic of Wales. I don't know what it became. I don't know if it just... Magic of Wales or magic by Wales? Magic of Wales. Hmm. I don't know if it became one of the current shops. I don't know if they just like repurposed it for something else. I could not find anything. I tried looking at Epcot yeah. maps from the early 90s. Like if you no. look up uh, Magic of Wales by Ep- just Epcot in your Google search bar... There's like literally, you're right. There's like nothing in there. Um, I know. Sea base is the first thing that comes up. Um, soaring around the world for whatever reason is pulling in SEO with that. And there's like a, a YouTube video of making of Secret of the Whale sand sculpture, which, I you know, I don't know what it. that is. But this was like four or five sources that said Biscuit Barrel became Country Manor, which became Magic of Whales. So I don't know if one source claimed that this happened and the other four plagiarize their information and this is a real or nobody knows what happened to the magic of whales who knows um what i do know is in the late 80s his lordship became lords and ladies and then in 1995 it became the crown and the crest uh but now we have both crown and crest and lords and ladies so maybe one of those is what Magic of Wales became. Wait, those are like all the stores that, all the shops and such that are around there. So Crown and Crest mm-hmm. 
Magic of Wales. Yeah. And Lords and Ladies are the three that I'm confused about. Don't they all kind of like just bleed into each other like a Main Street Some style shop? Like I not all of them, the but layout. kind of, right? I'm going to talk about the layout because like Christina was mentioning, her favorite area is like the Tudor style. Yes. There are specifically different areas that okay. are designed to look like different eras. Got it. Of like European history. Okay. So each of these shops kind of fits into one of those vibes. Okay. I didn't mean to jump the jump the shark. That's okay. Thought I'd ask. That's okay. Christina, did you find anything about the magic of whales? Everything that I have is like it's like part of the shops that are there. So I don't know Great. if I'm looking at old things or I what. I know. It's so bizarre. Um Another thing is on October 1st of 1999, Harry Ramson Fish and Chips House opened as a counter service fish and chip spot. But then in 2006, it was renamed to what we know today as the Yorkshire County Fish and Chips. Mm -hmm. And so that's it. of, it's like the stand that you can get the fish and chips, the QSR. I love it. Have you eaten there, Paige? Uh, last time we went, we did. And then we sat out at those tables on the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that would make it twice for me that I've done that. Because I remember, I don't know what you were doing, but I snuck off and had a, a brew. You might have been getting tea. I think I was. And I was tea. like, hard pass. And I went to go get beer get and, yourself fish, and, and fish and chips. Yeah. So, Christina, you like the fish and chips spot? We have to get it like every time. There was one trip that we went on. It was like a family trip. We stayed at the beach club. And so we were walking distance right there. And my husband and I had annual passes. Nobody else in our group did. So they didn't have the ability to just like go in. So when we got there, we were like, we're really hungry. So we just like, we're like, let's go get some fish and chips. So we just like went in the International Gateway, got fish and chips for everybody. And then I carried it all. The I don't even want to know how That's crazy. Garden's like, that's such a good idea. I want those. <laughs> Sorry. That's such a good no, idea. Yeah, we uh, actually, when we were there like a week ago, um, my husband and I got fish and chips because it's like one of our favorite things there at Epcot. And um, I'd seen in the group, like, you know, there's the the tables that are right behind it that are not on the water. And then if you go a little bit further, then there's that little patio area with some more tables. But we are looking for more shade. And I saw like, actually, if you go more to the left, instead of going like following the path to the right, if you go down, it's the dining area for the Rosen Crown, but there are like four tables back there in that area that are kind of covered that are not part of the restaurant, but they're right there again on the water. And it just gives you, makes you uh, feel a little bit more like an English area. Oh, you're there's a little sitting back there like you're in the restaurant, but right. you're not, you're paying less That's money cool. for the fish chips. And yeah. it's, you said they're not right on the water? It is. It's right on the water. I think that's where I, I may have sat before. I think that's where you were waiting for me. I when think I so. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'm always like looking for those that's little secret, right. secret places. Yes, yeah, Stephen likes to find little secret places too. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Into that. Um, there are a few more changes that happened to some of the shops. So the last change was in the early 2000s when Pringle of Scotland was renamed the Sportsman Shop. Um, so we do have the Sportsman Shop most recently um in 
August of 2019, here's where I would love to hear some opinions. Imagineers announced an expansion of the UK Pavilion that would include Cherry Tree Lane, the Banks family home, and some form of attraction. This was technically declared delayed in July of 2020. We've heard no update in three years and are at the point where it seems that this delay is maybe a cancellation. Leaked files from an Imagineer earlier this year showed concept art of an indoor teacup ride like the Mad Tea Party meets Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway where you would enter through the bank's home and then you would have sort of like this uh, trackless ride system where you're riding in a teacup. I am super bummed about this because two reasons. One, I think the UK Pavilion would be the perfect place for a fun attraction like this. And two, um, let's utilize Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews while we have them. Even if it's like their voices read the safety instructions while you're walking through the Banks family home. I don't know. I feel like famously missing out. Famously one of the bad British accents, uh, Dick Van Dyke. I know. Um, The problem is, is that they would, because of Disney's horrible sweetheart deal with um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I feel like he would be doing it. And can we just say that Mary Poppins Returns was a very bad film, I think. Not great. Steven has strong feelings about Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was kind of cute. I liked some of the songs. Uh, I liked and Emily Blunt is yeah. Well, and you had that Never. you had like part of that album on your running playlist for your Run Disney trip yes, in 2019. For my Run Disney half marathon. I don't know how on earth you could like dance to um, a cover is not a book. That's while so like funny. trying to run through Epcot or Hollywood Studios or whatever. But it's you so- did it, and that's great. I did it. <laughs> that's great. Christina, do you have feelings about? this attraction thing or what were your thoughts when they first announced it i was kind of i don't know i was like on the fence right because i love the uk pavilion as it is and like the back area where the stage is um is usually a pretty quiet space to just kind of go hang out and relax and so adding an attraction back in there would definitely increase traffic i mean you You've seen what it did to France with the Ratatouille ride. Now, all of a sudden, you, like, cannot walk through France. It's crazy. When I used to be able to just, like, go sit behind France, and it was beautiful. Um, But it was also kind of exciting because I wanted to see where it was going to go. Now that we haven't heard anything, it's weird that they haven't said, like, that it was actually canceled. Like, they said things were canceled. Um, But they haven't. It's weird that we haven't just. It's just been like radio silence. I know. And I feel like because of the timing of the announcement and when COVID happened, they sort of used that as an excuse for like, oops, we lost all this money from having to close the parks and yada, yada. And so (laughs) we just don't have to address it because COVID. Yeah, that was also like very much of a Chapek era kind of thing. Um, If you look at like other... There's some Disney sites that say that it's still going to open in 2024, which I find to be like dubious at best. Um, you know, I mean, there's I, no construction, like, right? Right. There's, That's nothing, I was there's really it. nothing happening for it, and I, I, I'm, I, I kind of agree. Like, I think that that back area, 
um, is better fit for like sort of a quiet little space. I know sometimes there's music in the back there and like um, there's kind of like that very modest hedge maze of sorts, um, mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like leaving it as is is kind of a nice little thing. It's not every, I know that there are not every, not, not every single pavilion has an attraction. And I don't think, I think that the ones they have are appropriate, um, but I would hate to see attractions like overtake in a little area like that. Especially because, yeah, yeah, it is like right next to Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and that, right. They've done a really nice job of like pushing that to the back so it's not intruding on anything. But I, yeah, but I don't know what they would do. But the definitely intrudes. <laughs> it can. Um, I was thinking, like, I think that the best attraction going for um, the UK Pavilion, frankly, I know it's not really an attraction, but the little area where you can meet Winnie the Pooh. And it's like a replica of Christopher Robin's room. You know what I'm talking about? That's kind of fun because if he's not in there, you can still like look in the window and see it. And I think it's kind of a charming little spot. Yeah, there's it's not an attraction, but good, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, cool there's been some pretty good meet and greets throughout the UK Pavilion over the years. I think there's just a there's a good amount of characters that come from the UK that they've been able to utilize. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the layout, the current layout of the pavilion. And Christina kind of alluded to this when she was talking about when you're first walking in and you see the Tudor area. So, like I said, each of the areas of the UK Pavilion pays tribute to an era in European history. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by DeepCut. DeepCut are makers and purveyors of some of the most incredible record displays and accessories on the market today. Right now, you can check out their pre-sale of their floating record player table. It's the perfect home for your record player setup. This wall-mounted table features a clean look free of messy wires, the beauty of natural hardwood, vibration-dampening design for a better sound, and the small footprint suitable for any space. Every last detail is considered in the design. Every component is best in breed. From the thick hardwood slab to the hand-welded brackets, to the powder-coated metal cable management cubby. This is form meets function in the most satisfying way. It's the premium record player shelf that your system deserves. We love these guys, and we cannot say enough about how great their quality uh, stuff is. You can get 10% off your first order with DeepCut using the code TPA10 at checkout. Check out deepcut.co. And again, use that code TPA10 at checkout. Thank you so much to Deep Cut for sponsoring the Parks Academy and being part of our show. We really appreciate you guys and we cannot get enough of your stuff. And now, back to the show. And so from the World Showcase Promenade, guests head down High Street to the center of the pavilion known as Britannia Square. It's modeled after many towns throughout the UK. The square is surrounded by four main roads. So you have Tudor Lane, Lower Regency, Upper Regency, and Britannia Lane. You have the Rosen Crown Pub and Dining Room for a traditional British meal and an ale. Across from that is the Tea Caddy, um, which we talked a little bit about. And this look of the Tea Caddy was inspired by Anne Hathaway's childhood home, not the Princess of Genovia, but Did you the wife. Anne Hathaway's? Yeah, Anne yeah, William Shakespeare's wife. 
not the Princess of Genovia, Stephen. If right. you understood no, I, my I, Princess Diary. Well, I did, ever. but I thought that you were saying like not from the film. No, the wife of William Shakespeare. I see. As well, Christine no kidding. said. I got to be honest with you. I didn't actually know that. You didn't know that? Oh, no. I think I learned that in like 11th or 12th grade when my teacher shamed all of us for thinking that Anne Hathaway was. You know, it sounds to me like you had a piece of work English teacher. She was actually great. She was really sassy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it just seems like a very classic English teacher to like look their nose on people for not knowing things they know. It does. Especially with like literature and stuff. But it does. Christina and I have some really great friends who are English teachers and they are not that way though. Yeah. Wait till they get tenure. <laughs> then all bets are off, you know? Um, so at the tea caddy, you can get tea, hot chocolate, coffee made by Twinnings. We're going with Twinnings because that's what Christina told me today. Dude, I'm going to be so embarrassed. That's completely wrong. You like, know, I, I really think the spelling makes sense with Twinnings. So don't even worry about it. Um, in this area, you also have the Queen's Table, which is full of tea, tea sets, and dinnerware. And it's inspired by Elizabethan architecture from the 1600s. Alice and Mary Poppins are usually right behind this shop for meet and greets by the little English garden there. There's also the hedge maze that Stephen had mentioned. And sometimes Mary Poppins is actually roaming around or back by the gazebo where sometimes they will have that band playing. Now, Tudor Lane, the back of the pavilion, is designed like a residential town from the 1800s. Lords and Ladies Shop is there, and you can buy clothes and fragrances at this boutique. So it's sort of more of a boutique shop um the upper regency area contains houses with late georgian architecture and the kidcot station is here where families can meet winnie the pooh as stephen had mentioned then the final section has a city gate like one from the middle ages and you'll find the toy soldier shop and crown and crest toy soldiers is exactly what it sounds like they sell english games and toys while Crown and Crest is a place to find your family's coat of arms and other British merch, this shop is based on Sir Walter Scott's Abbotsford Manor. He was a very famous Scottish novelist, playwright, historian, and poet. I did not know anything about him before doing this research. Have you guys heard of Sir Walter Scott? Yes. I'm up on my Scottish novelists and poets. Um, and then finally, there is a castle called the Hampton Court Palace, but um, built similar to the late Dark Ages, and it houses the Sportsman Shop, which sells British sporting merch. There's also the UK Beer Cart, and like we mentioned before, the Yorkshire County Fish Shop, which is QSR. So. So. I would like to ask a few more questions for Christina and Stephen you can also feel free to answer these great I didn't have to tell you all of what's in the UK pavilion Christina because you've been so many times you would have been able to answer these anyway but is there anything in terms of the food shops attractions that you would add change or take away I was actually going to say this when we were kind of talking about their attraction, you know, like the Mary Poppins attraction. Like, I love the UK Pavilion. 
but I really feel like it needs something. Like it needs something else. So it's like one of the, it's one of the only, it's not the only one, but it's one of the only ones that doesn't have like a show or like a museum type of thing to walk through. Like I, don't get me wrong, I love the Yorkshire Fish Shop. It's one of the things that we go to often. I actually prefer it over Rose and Crown because I think you get more bang for your buck for the fish and chips. Um, they're way more expensive and you get less of it in a rest of the crap. But, um, and I love tea. So I love going into the tea shop and they have shopping, but, and they have a band that plays in the back sometimes. It just, it's, it, it, but you can walk right through all of it and never even go to half the pavilion. Like there's nothing that draws people back there unless they're looking for a quiet spot. I agree. I agree. One of the things when they made the announcement in 2019 about at potentially adding the cherry tree lane, my thought was even, wow, this would be a great opportunity to do like street performers and they perform songs do for not, their pop. Do bands. not say lorries. Um, yes. <laughs> Learys. Learys. Oh, I was thinking of Hugh Laurie from the hit show. Uh um uh, well, 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 house. house i was gonna say doc but that was with uh billy billy bob uh, uh cyrus <laughs> um you know miley cyrus's dad he was on that show doc on like lifetime or something that would be billy ray remember that show not billy bob okay well he played a good-hearted doctor with, with absolutely perfect long hair it was great well that was my idea that i yeah. that would be great because much like christina said i i feel like there needs to be some sort of something. It could be a show. It could just be music that's consistent. Um, I What I do think in our discussion when we were talking about the potential of that, like Mickey and Minnie's teacup experience, is I think if we did add another attraction like that, it helps with crowds a little bit. Because then if you have Ratatouille, you have Frozen Ever After. No, Frozen Ever After. No, Frozen Ever right. After is a show. Uh, Frozen. Frozen Ever After. Yeah. That's the name Frozen. of it. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking that was sing-along? the short on Disney Plus instead of just the attraction. Um, but you have all these rides that the lines can just get so massively long. And sure, maybe that would bring more crowds, but well, I feel like it disperses I, people more. Yeah, because you're going to still have crowds in Epcot regardless. And um, with like, you know, openings like Cosmic Rewind and, um, you know, Ratatouille and, and all these like newer, bigger rides. And I, I, you know, some of the new things they're planning on doing with like Figment and whatever. Um, I, I don't see. I mean, I, I don't think it would bring in. I don't think that it would exponentially increase the foot traffic that Epcot currently sees. Right. That being okay. said. I think that Mary Poppins is a far too obvious choice for some kind of show or attraction. And I think um, uh, I think that it would be really great to see something like a um, uh, like a 101 Dalmatians kind of thing or like Peter Pan in there. Um, I know that those Peter Pan obviously has its own little space in Magic Kingdom. And so it's it's already kind of has its foot in the door, but we don't 
haven't really ever seen anything 101 Dalmatians related before. So I almost think that that would be a cool opportunity, especially with like the hit of the film. I don't know if hit, I guess, uh, the film Corella with um, um, Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. Yeah, I, I almost I almost beat you there. Um, I, I just think that there could be a lot of opportunity for something kind of neat there, whether it be a dark ride, whether it be literally a room full of like 100 Dalmatian puppies. You know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to do something nice um, or at least have like a puppy therapy room. Right, exactly. But I, I do think that there that, that could be kind of a cool little way to incorporate something a little different. Yeah, for sure. Are you I mean, I think they chose Mary um, Go ahead. Like, I think they chose Mary Poppins and it's just never been done, like, anywhere. Yeah. But I don't think 101 Dalmatians has really been done. Either. I don't think so either. I, would, yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's just, like, the nostalgia maybe behind Mary Poppins is what they were trying to, like, go for. But I would say, like, I don't know, maybe I'm in, like, the minority here. But I just, it, had, it would have to be better than Ratatouille if they're going to put a ride in. It just has to be better. Like, you don't like the Ratatouille ride? I was so disappointed in the Ratatouille ride. Like, I was really hoping it would be better. It was like a one and done for me. I'm not going to wait in that line unless it's like 15 minutes, which is never right. going to be. Well, at least for many years. That's true. Yeah. We're going to cover France another time. But um, it was worth it for me because I got I got wined and died and exor- escorted like, right up to the front Disney of the line magic. by a cast member. So um, I just it was, I loved it. Way too much French. And, but it was great. Well, but like. I mean, there's a reason. Epcot needs some more things. That's all I'm saying. Like, there's a reason that when now they have the new uh, Genie Plus tiering, where it's like they, each park costs a different amount of money. Like, there's a reason that Epcot is the cheapest park because, and we even when we were there, and I was actually amazed. We were there on a very busy day. It was the opening of Food and Wine, um, and it it was like we could just we bought D- Genie Plus, and we were able just to get everything that we wanted. I was actually kind of amazed by that. Cool. And it was the cheapest one. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, um, that's part of, we kind of discussed this a little bit in our like introduction to this series is that there really are not that many attractions in Epcot, mm-hmm. which I feel like the makes the world showcase so popular because it gives people things to do all day. Right. Um, when there's not as many things to ride. I mean, they've done a good job at adding new things the last handful of years. But prior to that, it was like you went to Epcot for World Showcase and yeah. maybe did a half day. Like my family always did half day Epcot, half day Hollywood Studios because they're just Which now, like stuff. You can't, all day. you can't do that now, though, I don't think, and have it be worthwhile. It's, right. It's harder now. Mm-hmm. With more attractions that have been added and more areas, for sure. So you said you were at the um, Food and Wine Festival, the opening day. Did you have that pickle milkshake? I wanted to, but I will tell you that the line was out the door of the Odyssey Pavilion for most of the day. And then finally, we walked by and I was like, hey, it's shorter now. But then I looked inside and I'm huge and it's like, wow. And I was like, I cannot. And my kids were going crazy. So I'm going to tell you, we... Didn't try anything new at Food and Wine Festival. Like I, we just didn't get a chance. I was so bummed, but we're going back in September. So there's oh, like, but that, I went back to the website. There's like that thing with Disney where I, I feel like people just like get in line to get things so they can post it on their Instagram account or like their Disney influencer page or YouTube or whatever. So you know save how some many vloggers there were. Save some Disney uh, some- pickle milkshakes for the rest of us. 
Well, they're like, like I was saying, like, you know, the line's coming out the door. We were walking through and I kid you, there was like at least five vloggers in a row that were just holding up like their stuff and being like, you know, that subscribe button. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm very vocal about how I think that the vloggers are um, the death of the human experience. So I, I think there's nothing wrong with like capturing moments, but like you're not a, you're not a creator. You have a small camera. It's let's not get a hold. Of, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And if I'm going to get canceled for saying that, so be it. <laughs> well, it's not just that. And, you know, it's also like it was great when vlogging first started, the people who got mm-hmm. in and now they're like really big names, you know, like all ears. Yeah. Like, like those people, they're big names but then you have like everybody else who's trying to get in there too so but i'm like you're creating the same content exactly as like 50 other people it's nothing new it's exactly just, exactly yeah. you're not doing anything unique right yeah that's the hardest um, thing i think we this is a side story on we've told this on the show before but for new listeners um and certainly for you um we the very first time i got to ride um uh, rise of the resistance we got our virtual queue and i was just like so excited and we got in line and there was a vlogger in front of us and i was like i'm going to literally break his camera if i'm on the same ride vehicle as him and we were but he put his camera away for it but i i mean i remember even as a kid being agitated by people with like disposable cameras using their flash on pirates of the caribbean or haunted mansion so i if you like get in the way of someone else's experience it's just completely unacceptable so Anyways, all that to say, I'm sorry you didn't get the the, the delicious pickle milkshake. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Speaking of food, you've already mentioned the fish and chips. Is that your favorite thing to eat in the UK Pavilion, or is there something else that you really have to get or really love at the UK Pavilion? Uh, no, that's Bennett. Yeah, I don't blame you. They're delicious. And then what would you say is your favorite shop? in the uk pavilion um i know it's kind of weird but i i love the the crest the crown of crest shop i i like looking at all the different things i mean i go in there and look for the names as if like it's gonna change but right like maybe my crest will be different this time no but it was, it was interesting like when you know when we got married to see oh. like the difference there so yeah. and looking up like the different crest of just trying to see if you can find your old family crest like you know my great grandmother's or you know yeah. want to touch a lot mm-hmm. of different names do you have like uh british or uh, english roots i do yeah my great grandmother's family was also like english i mean they came over with like the founding you know of well on the on the Mayflower or whatever, not really that bottom, but wow, you know, that'd be crazy. Um, they were very, <laughs> so they've been here for a long time, but, hand. but they we found like that's the crest that we found was that's cool. Made in name, um, because my my maiden name is Swedish, so it does it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so I, yeah, that's cool. I did not know that you were Swedish, yeah, my my grandfather, yeah, that's cool. I, so I don't look it. <laughs> Um, from from what I know, I don't think I have any English or British heritage, but I do have Swedish heritage. So I'm like, I'll kind of go to Norway and just cosplay that you know that it's Sweden. Mm-hmm. But um, I I don't care about the crest just because I you know I don't. What am I going to do with the crest that says Elias and on it? Family crest. Yeah, there you go. I can do that. Oh. Um, I don't think I've had food there besides the fish and chips. 
but it's usually not my like number one place to go eat. Right. You know, I just, you know, one thing I was going to mention too, that I forgot about, you were saying like, what else could they use? Um, fish and chips is just, it's fine. It, it's a good food, but it feels very obvious. Um, it's like going to the American pavilion and they just have like pizza and hot dogs. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes too much sense. It's the problem. I think that they would do really well with a meat pie shop. Like really good meat pies, like curries and, you know, pot pies and chicken and whatever, like lambs. That would be excellent. And I think um, I think that if they if they did that with a little like we, we went to a Premier League, literally it was like a Premier League meat pie shop in Seattle a couple of years ago. And if they did something kind of like that there, you know, with a little football and meat pies and brewskis like that would be or ales. I that'd be perfect. You know, that would be great. So that's what I would add, along with 101 Dalmatians therapy rooms. That's a great <laughs> idea. Mm-hmm. I want I to go to your United Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Wait, can I do one add, thing? Go ahead. I was going to add, like, this is something that they used to have, and it was like the Rosen Crown, like, tea package. They got rid of it at, um, for COVID, and I just, like, never brought it back. But that's something that I would hope that they would bring back and that I could try. But it's, you know, like a tea tasting with like the sandwich it is and the teas. Mm-hmm. It's, it was for $35. It's not um, bad. I love bad going to like tea rooms and getting all the finger sandwiches and scones and stuff. That sounds so fun to me. Yeah. Man. Hey, Christina, let's go that's to for- the tea room. There's a tea room not far from us. We should do that. I need to go to a tea room. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Paige actually wants to open up a tea room, like I do. legitimately. That's like my goal. I when have I'm like sixteen. Yes, and after like her... having like English tea, you know, like actually going to England and having that afternoon tea, and like I like, we need this. Yes, let's do it. We the can problem is, together. I tried to explain to Paige how terrible opening up any kind of restaurant is, and then I showed her the bear, and she's like, "Oh yeah." yeah except i'm not opening a michelin star restaurant i'm opening a tea room where like the target audience is little girls with their grandmas it is possible that you could open up a tea room to such an effect that you do get a star but i don't know how that would work necessarily i mean it would all have to be like it'd have to be like deconstructed tea yeah no you know Um, i do make pretty good scones cold cold you do make incredible scones now that we have like our blueberries and all of our berries in our backyard that yep. are growing beautifully we can we can start doing that but yeah no um deconstructed like finger sandwiches and specialties and stuff and, like you know so just, just do a it up plate with cucumbers and white bread yeah exactly and cream cheese on the side exactly yeah and then you could get a star for that and you can call it something weird like governor or governor something you know, but with, there's an apostrophe in there. Yeah, exactly. Like an umlaut on top of there or something like that. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Neo Sabers. Neo Sabers make incredible handcrafted lightsabers that are perfect for any Star Wars fans. Check out these pros. They have strong metal built hilts, heavy grade polycarbonate blades, technical perfection, clarity of light and sound perfect for cosplaying, the best option for a saber collection, and they can be totally customized how you want. Check this out. Uh, Neo Sabers is different from all other sales because they focus on providing high-quality NeoPixel lightsabers that would qualify 
for either cosplay purposes or even light dueling. Their sabers price, uh, they say their sabers are priced low and can be guaranteed that their sabers are affordable and totally worth the purchase. You can check out their collection on their website at neosabers.com and check out their various features uh, of their NeoPixel lightsabers. Guys, I have my very own NeoPixel saber um, and, and NeoSabers does it right. I have the Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker saber and it is incredible. If I want it to be green and kind of act like it is from the movie, I can totally do that. Or if I'm looking to kind of customize it, have it be, you know, a Sith saber or maybe, you know, give it a little bit of a different Jedi look with purple, blue, yellow, you name it. I can do all of that. My favorite thing about it, though, is that there's an app that you can use. And with that app, you can customize like how it responds to different attacks. You can set it up to where it has like force lightning, where it has a drag motion. You can you can use like all kinds of different colors to change it however you want to right within this app. Um, and then there's also customized controls within the blade itself. So you can like press the button a couple different times to um, change the color, to change the sound or the volume or whatever you want to do. I really cannot speak more highly of Neo Sabers and uh, how much we are so happy to be sponsored uh, by them and partnered with them. If you want to buy something from Neo Sabers, jump on their website and use the code TPA10 at checkout. This is going to guarantee you 10% off your purchase. And right now they are running some incredible sales. So go ahead and check out neosabers.com and get your NeoPixel Neo Sabers lightsaber today. And now back to the show. Okay. Quick question. Yeah. Did you ever do the afternoon tea, the Grand Floridian? No. I didn't. I've actually that, never spent any time in the Grand Floridian. Well, this is something that like my husband and I did a while ago. Again, and that COVID canceled thing has never come back. But it was amazing. And I only bring that up because it's also like modeled off of the yes. English. Like the, right, the Grand Floridian has got the Mary Poppins yep. touches and everything throughout the, yeah. the hotel, but. Um, the afternoon tea, it was like one of the most amazing things. And it really did remind me of like a genuine English afternoon tea. Yeah. I heard I, so. one of my friends from high school would go. They did it on Easter and something too, where people would all dress up and they would do like the afternoon tea. Or maybe my friend uh -huh. went every Easter. I don't know. But I know that they she went on Easter and did this afternoon tea experience. So We should do that because we've never... Like that hasn't been part of our ritual to Christina at all. She just said it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I know, but we should like go check out the Grand Grand Floridian is what I was trying to say. I was listening. I was listening. No, because you can go and see the garden room like where it's supposed to be. That's right. still like yeah. there. And, just... and I hope they bring it back because they have like the princess tea with it too. It's like the like little girls and like having tea with princess. Yeah. Oh, our um, daughter would love that. She would absolutely love that. Oh my goodness, that would be so fun. Okay, I have a couple more facts about the UK Pavilion before we wrap up here. So there are some things that never happened in the UK Pavilion that were originally talked about. And I'm going to kind of just blow through these because there's a lot of them. Um, original concept art from 1975 showed a Crystal Palace restaurant building behind the current pavilion area. Also in that concept art, the layout shows an attraction where guests would board a double-decker bus and depart Piccadilly Circus every few minutes 
where they would, quote, see castles, cottages, and other great sites from England. By 1978, the plan had changed to a 200-seat theater with a British travelogue film. So we could have had like a movie attraction. Um, But still, prior to opening, another plan was to build a Victorian-style building based on London's Lost Crystal Palace, and it would house a live comedy show. There's a great description of this unbuilt attraction in the 1982 book, Walt Disney's Epcot, Creating the New World of Tomorrow. And then after Epcot opened, in the late 80s and early 90s, there was talk of expanding the UK pavilion to adding the Enchanted Forest, which would have topiaries of scenes from Mary Poppins, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, and Alice in Wonderland. There'd be meet and greet opportunities and fun little areas like the doorknob tunnel and the Cheshire Cat Maze. That would have been neat. Yeah. I mm-hmm. just to like add another Alice thing in Wonderland would have been a very nice addition, actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then they also plan to have facades of the House of Parliament and Big Ben and a theater called Mousterpiece Theater oh, gosh. for live entertainment. That stinks. So none of those things happened, but they were all... Yeah talked about um so I now i have some fun facts sorry i don't like the masterpiece theater i i don't understand the, is it a pun yeah masterpiece theater on pbs don't you remember oh, when you PBS. all the days that you used to watch pbs growing up with your I parents PBS, but watch antique roadshow and nova and masterpiece theater and all that as a kid you know sitting on the ground watching this you don't remember masterpiece theater just never that was 100 percent me as a kid sounds about Okay, can I just say that the double-decker bus one, like that first thing, reminds me of like a bus version of Sora and like that description of like going to like the castles. But I don't know how they could do it like on a bus. Like how do you simulate it? How were they planning on letting you see cottages and castles on like a five-minute bus ride? Yeah, I hate myself what I'm about to say, but if they were going to do anything double-decker bus, like... Or any kind of bus thing in Disney, it should be a Hocus Pocus bus ride. Or is that Halloween Town where they you do the bus? Mixed up all the things. But is it ha- Halloween Town where they do the bus thing? Or is that the cab? What what what's what's the bus? Which Halloween movie Harry has the Potter. bus? Oh yeah. And then they have the shrunken head. But isn't there a bus <laughs> in Hocus Pocus? And the guy makes a terrible innuendo about about kids. You're talking They're like about that. ride this driver. Bus. Is he a taxi driver? And Benny, the taxi driver, he's a skeleton. No, he's the skeleton. I'm thinking of the bu- there's a bus scene in Hocus the grandma Pocus, does right? ride a bus back and forth from Halloween Town. It's no. a flying bus, but it's a normal bus. No, in Hocus Pocus, they there's ride a the bus city in Hocus Pocus, and he's like, it might take me a few tries, but I think I'm up for the task. And you're like, gross bus driver. Oh, you, remember, you know what I'm talking yes, about? But, yes, but it's just a city bus, not a double deck. Oh, it's same. I just was, you know, you're mixing up all the <laughs> spooky movies. Apparently so. Jeez, stupid. Well, there would be no Hocus Pocus bus, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't, that one was confusing to me too, Christina. I don't understand. Um, A couple other things. They originally wanted to put a statue in the center of the pavilion, but they could not land on one. They couldn't decide. They had talked about different kings, queens, mm-hmm. lords. It's an easy Shakespeare. one. Who would you put if you had to put a statue? Well, would you do IP or would you do like a famous person from the UK? I would do Churchill, I think. Or Elizabeth. Uh, I think Churchill would be better. 
Who would you put, Christina? Give me King Henry VIII, man. It's right outside. Yeah, big boy. <laughs> big man. Give him to you in his younger <laughs> years on a whole horse. That'd be cool. I could see that. With a, with a, uh, the jousting thing. Perfect. That's what he loved to do. They could do a jousting show. Oh, so we might as well make it mid- like medieval times. Medieval times. Time. But like... <laughs> The, like Wait, Disney and scones Wasn't and there bigger jou- sandwiches. Jousting much. in Robin Hood. Yep. I think there's there's archer or jousting or something in Robin Hood. You could there's do that whole archery. scene when he dresses up as a big bird. You know, I haven't seen that movie in 25 years. All right, well, it's a great film. You know what I'm talking about when he dresses up as a bird in Robin Hood. I it, it's been so long since I watched okay. that. Yeah, we've I talked think I put about it on for my kid. We've talked about at one point or another, like revisiting old, old Disney films that people just don't watch anymore and like talking about them and doing commentaries, which I think would be a lot of fun. That's still on the books. If we run out of things to talk about, we'll maybe just pivot to that. Be perfect. Turn into like a movie review podcast or something. Yes. Excellent. Um, so there are three classic red photo, uh, photo booths. Oh, my goodness. Phone booths in the UK Pavilion. And evidently, you used to be able to call them. There were phone numbers posted that you used to be able to actually call them directly. So I did not know that. I thought that was interesting. In the windows of the Hampton Court Palace, guests can actually see the crosses of St. Andrew, St. George, and St. Patrick, who are the patron saints of Scotland, England, and Ireland, respectively. Um, Command Performance is the current name of the band that plays British rock music from the 60s to 90s. That's changed over the years. There used to be like a Beatles cover band. There's been a couple. Um, and then here's all of the characters you may have met in the UK Pavilion over the years. So we talked about Mary Poppins, um, Alice and the Mad Hatter, Winnie the Pooh and Friends, Peter Pan, Wendy and Tinkerbell, and Merida. And Ireland actually usually has a booth during the Food and Wine Festival that's separate from the other. Um, like Yorkshire County Fish Shop and stuff there. <laughs> and then the very last thing is that if you look up in the pavilion, the chimneys actually look like they're used. They have like soot on them. So obviously they're not used because a lot of those buildings don't actually have chimneys, but they really focus on the details in Disney. So I thought that was a fun little thing. So that's all I have about the history of the pavilion. I know that was a lot. Um, Christina, any other thoughts, comments, things you want to add about the UK Pavilion that you love, hate, would change? I don't think so. I feel like I got it all out. You had a lot My of good random commentaries. <laughs> Anyways, um, here's that very famous scene when Robin is dressed like a bird. I'll oh, put yeah. it in show notes because I think that's pretty good. It was archery. It wasn't jousting. But either way, you know. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, Stephen, do you have anything else you want to add that you would change or add or that you like or don't like about the pavilion? Uh, uh, meat pie shop and um, something IP related would be great. I'm going to still pull for a medieval times jousting, but you get tea while you watch. Yeah. I think like um, you could do a whole thing, though. Like, you can make that a whole experience. You could. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets to wear a crown. 
you're literally, this is nothing. You're literally just talking about medieval times. <laughs> it would fit. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It fits man. so well. It would fit. I would like to see it if it was like the costumed characters. Jousting. What else would it be? Mickey I, Mouse? That is a costume character. Yeah. What are you going to um, have like Mickey Mouse versus like Goofy? Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, Robin Hood dressed up like a bird versus Mary Poppins. Like there's so many different things you could do. I feel like <laughs> Winnie the Pooh posting just sounds like a terrible idea. No, it'd be like just like, learn to fly old videos. Um, I would definitely be down for like Eeyore jousting. I feel like we're also entering the realm of like a Renaissance fair. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people who'd be super into that. It's like be no pretty good. more turkey legs. Yeah, Disney does not need more turkey legs. <laughs> Beatlemania, but instead it's like the cast of Atlantis. That's something, right? <laughs> Just a lot of UK IP. I know too much, really too much. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else. I mean, you know, I've never been to England, so oh, what do I know? You throw like Tarzan in there. Tarzan. He's not British. She's Jane. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She was a colonizer, wasn't she? I mean, they were doing research. I don't know, research. Research. That'd be cool. A Soren with like Tarzan, where you're swinging on his mind <laughs> with them, but it's kind of like a flight of passage in the way it's built. So instead of hearing, like, I almost said the Bantha, um, instead of feeling the, um, what are they called? The Banshees, Banshees breathing on you, you feel like, um, you feel like Tarzan breathing next to you. I feel like this is getting like, really, really quickly. Stink, huh? <laughs> the line for that would be wildly long, I feel. This this <laughs> podcast just got really weird. Yeah. Anyways, well, um, one thing we want to start asking all of our guests before um uh, you know, before we wrap things up is 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 there anything that you wanted to say while you're here or anything you wanted to just like promote or get out there or talk about? I really cannot think of anything more That's than fair. what I've said in relation to this. I mean, you're not a vlogger or an oh, influencer, yeah. so you don't have anything to promote. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's why you're on the show. Um, <laughs> here's one question I did have. Who is your Disney Plus avatar currently? Who is mine? Oh, Pascal. Awesome. Cute. Perfect. Perfect answer. Very cute. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. As always, you can find us online at theparksacademypod.com as well as on Instagram at the Parks Academy. Thank you so much to our amazing sponsors, Deep Cut and Neo Sabres. You can uh, go ahead and get 10% off your first order with both of these guys using the code TPA10. Links to them are in our show notes. Uh, we can't wait to continue on with this series. Uh, next week, we are going to be jumping into France, and I am really, really excited about that. Um, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. And um, as always, you know, if you guys could just uh, leave us a kind review and maybe a rating on Apple Podcasts, that goes a long way. And we really, really do appreciate that. So thank you much, uh, so much again, and we will catch you next time. Great job, Thanks.